You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Um, I'll waste yours, but not mine, right? Isn't that the sad thing about it? There you go. Anyway, uh, so, you know, I did, we were talking, and so we've been, we're putting this show together. Ideas to, you know, for agents to collaborate, uh, you know, consumers that are thinking about buying or selling to collaborate, listen in. Um, just talking about real estate, you know, having a, a real good grasp, you know, with the years of experience that both of us have, and then um, the resources we have around us to bring um, fresh topics and resourceful things to the table, I think is, is the whole goal. Well, the other thing is, is we haven't really um, been able to figure out this live thing. And I think we finally got it. So we'll take questions live, but we also grab them from our past shows. And we have some of those uh, set up here for us today to answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eric Malmberg just uh, Facebook lived in and asked us, and he says to Andy, uh, maybe consider a life coach. <laughs> we have one. It's your brother. I, you know what? I drive that person crazy. I'd probably have them writing a separate chapter in their self-help book about the the ego of the Polish prince of Minneapolis. The uh, <laughs> Oh, man. I tell you. Well, so anyway, so kind of going into it, um, you know, the idea there, again, is just, you know, getting together, collaborating. We've been doing this a long time. This is a lot of these new uh, real estate agents are doing this because it's a cool thing to do, you know, do a podcast or, a, you know, a video. We've been doing this like you've been doing it 11 years. I've been doing it almost nine or a little over nine years. I did 456 episodes on CCO with you and you did got over 550, I'm sure. So at least, right? Yeah. Did you ever count? No, I, yeah, I figured it was, uh, oh, my kid's calling. Kid's calling from, he's in Florence. He actually got to travel. Oh, wow, good. Got out of quarantine there. So that That's was actually good. an interesting topic. Some people might be interested in that. So you're saying like the, uh, your son who's, who plays uh, pro football over in Europe, um, and uh, they they had those, they were months ahead of us. Like the last time you and I, I think we're in a restaurant was about the day before they closed all the restaurants and we were talking and, and we just heard that they were locking those guys down. And that was, geez, six or seven weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I was laughing down too, because I'm like, he's like, hey, get ready. I'm telling you, it's coming there. And I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah. Not a chance that's going to happen here. And uh, so I think he's like, they were three weeks ahead of us, but I think with Italy, um, you know, there's multi-generational living, a lot of that. Yeah. And, and that's what was happening. They had to shut them down because, you know, I mean, they're going back and they're sharing the same house with their grandparents. And uh, a lot of those deaths were obviously uh, a lot of older people. But uh, he said the other day, um, I think it was the fourth, he said it was almost like Mardi Gras when they let them out and uh, they're, Everyone was really excited there. And now that temperature is getting up and uh, he's able to, uh, he was able to go to Florence. And so that's part of the reason he plays uh, professional football over there is to be able to travel. And uh, um, there was another uh, question here. Uh, it oh, says, no. uh, is Rooney's wife athletic or was Nick adopted? <laughs> Next question. <laughs> I, only, I only laugh because they have no idea how, Actually, Chris, you, you guys, your, your father was a quarterback. You were a quarterback. Your son's a quarterback. Uh, I, I'm guessing there's going to be a grandson somewhere where there'll be a quarterback. My father never was, actually. Oh, wasn't uh, he? Oh, I, I'm no, sorry. No, no. 
I think my mom was more more uh, uh, the athlete there. She'll she'll like that. Actually, we were just talking about that the other day. She did a she did a cartwheel at we were at a bowl game when Nick was playing in college, and uh, we were at a bowl. Game. She did a cartwheel in front of everyone. We we're like, no way! And she pretty impressive. Seventy, I think it was at like seventy years old. So, Are you kidding me? Wow! No, I know. I know. Impressive. It so. is impressive. Well, so what uh, what do you want to go over today? I know we've got a couple topics we wanted to cover real quick. Um, you know, try to keep this to a half hour, 45 minutes. Um, what, uh, what, what do you, uh, do you want me to just jump right in? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Okay. I'll jump in here. Um, again, behind the scenes, you guys get to see everything because, uh, we don't have a producer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hang on. Hang on. Oh, geez. Hang on. Uh-oh. <laughs> we get that twice now. Um, so. Thunder, thunder, right? There you go. It'll, it'll, it's cutting out. All right. So, how do you test drive a neighborhood? Why sheltering in place was a was a great question that we've been asked a couple times now, and we we, we were lucky enough to find a slide that we actually had, um, and this was put out by Realtor.com, and they were talking about how even if you're at home and you're you're quarantined, you're locked up, um, you're limiting your your um, travel or you're going out and about. There's a lot of ways to research. And, you know, Chris, why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about what, you know, things you are seeing happen? Well, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what, I still think people are, you know, the way we've always done it. We've, but online's gotten better. I guess people, more people are using videos or they're using Matterport. But um, I I still, it's not taking the place of going to see a house. Um, right. we're still, we're still giving showings, uh, new listings get, uh, hit up, uh, fast and furious. Um, yep. and, it, and it has to do with the inventory. And I think, you know, uh, when we're talking about, you know, sheltering in place, I don't, I don't know. I think there's people that are, um, you know, concerned about maybe getting it. And then there's other people that are, you know, Hey, we got to get moving here. And right. so I think people are getting out and driving and, um, a lot more now and feeling, I think with the weather comes, uh, you know, a, a need to get out. So, sure. um, I well, think you know, and, and we were uh, this last weekend, I know we were, um, you know, taking some of the people that are a little braver and uh, heading out there and we were doing uh, what they called uh, the, uh, the curbside appointment where we would have the individual that wanted to see, we'd put it out there on Facebook. We'd do a video. Uh, we'd let the people know that the house has an attendant sitting there from like noon to five. Um, I actually did 24 of these last weekend. We had our whole team out there working hard, which I was really proud of that every one of them. And, uh, we, we were out there. So the people pull up, um, they'd actually call our, our uh, office. They would schedule a time. Hopefully it was within seconds of them getting to the house. And we would safely, you know, accompany one family at a time after they'd answer a few safety questions, you know, have you been sick? Have you been whatever to protect our agents? And then, um, as they go through the house, some people wanted to look at it themselves. We did, you know, hands-free where they were walking through the house and uh, actually conducting kind of like their own little mini open house without being an open house. Cause we wanted to follow the rules and we wanted to be conforming with all of our agencies that we're aligned with, you know, from the Minnesota association of realtors to, you know, even Remax. Um, so we wanted to make sure to respect everyone's policies. And um, I think we figured out a way to do it. And so um, I, I know you and I talked about this earlier in the week. What do you, what do you think? Do you think I'm kind of, Pushing it or what? I think you took a page out of a lot of what other businesses are doing. 
you know, you're, you're following the rules, but you're also making it a, a little more convenient for people uh, to get out and, and get there. So, um, I mean, as, yeah, as long as you're not scared of a real estate agent, I mean, you know, the, you're going to get that one-on-one attention that you want. You can safely, you know, separate yourselves so that you can, you know, conduct a, a showing and, and learn about the neighborhood, the business. But, you know, like this question here, this, this slide kind of shows, look at all the online resources that are out there. I mean, there's, you can even see the street views ahead of time. So, you know, Hey, there's a, there's a business across the street. I don't want to be in that neighborhood or in that, you know, and I don't want to buy that house. So you can save yourself a lot of time. And then I'm seeing a lot of people through Chris do drive-bys where they're spending a lot of time. It gives them an excuse to get out in the car and they're driving by all of the showings before they actually book them. Um, are you kind of seeing the same thing? Yeah, totally. And you know what, that reminds me um, even more now what I tell all our, when we're having our listings, I, I tell all of them, all of them that it's not just when you have an appointment that's set up to be able to come and show your house. It yeah. is exactly like you said, people are driving around and checking it out. So yeah. if you're trying to make it look like, Hey, you know, I've got a, a lot of room in my garage and, um, and then you have four cars parked in the driveway and then in the garages, the garage doors is open. You know, those people are getting that. That's their first impression. Right. So when you go on the market. You have to think about the whole time that, Hey, someone could be looking at your house. So yes. um, yeah, when you're on stage, you're on stage. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Even when you don't have a showing you're on stage. And so, you know, another one that is not on here is Google earth. Have you ever done Google earth where you can kind of like zoom in? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's Google street view is another good one, but uh, Google earth is amazing. What uh, right. feels like you're right there. It, it sure is. And I think that that, you know, um, how close are you to the park that, that will demonstrate that that'll show you that'll, you know, so the, anyway, we, we don't need to, you know, reiterate what technologies are, are pretty simple to figure out. It's more or less just a encouragement from our part to get you out there and do it. Because I'll tell you right now, you're going to see a couple of charts here. that are showing housing, even though the rest of the world seems to be falling apart, housing seems to be staying together and actually growing. So, um, next hey, question was, uh, hold on one second. I wanted to hit on that, that crime that crime thing. A lot of people ask about that. Yeah. Now we can't go tell people about crime, but I mean, what you need to be able to do is just call uh, the local uh, authorities and you'll yeah. find out all about that neighborhood. And there's different uh, things online as well that you need to be able to look into. And you know what? It's smart. You know, I've, I've had people that have looked into things and found, um, you know, things that they didn't want to be around and, right. uh, and they, and they walked away from it. So well, they, on every, on every document, I think just about every document you sign for, for uh, legal reasons, there's the uh, Minnesota corrections, um, you know, website that's on there that'll show you if there's any sexual predators um, or offender. And then there's a lot of different apps out there. There was, um, and, and I don't want to endorse any of them. You can, you can kind of Google your own in your own app store, but there was uh, a couple of them that will give you um, the, what was it? Uh, Dud or stud was a funny one too, where, you know, if you want to look somebody up and uh, was it, the, the site was designed for dads um, to look up before their daughter would date a guy and it's free and it shows if they have a criminal record, if they own any real estate. Um, and uh, I, I thought that was so funny because it, it's, it's always interesting to know. <laughs> you don't know somebody until you Google them. So as a, as a, as a father to a daughter, like you are, and I am, is there any studs? They're all duds. Yeah, they're they're all uh, looking for prison time, in my opinion. <laughs> all right, so you ready to go to the next question? There, let's do it. All right, 
All right. Why, uh, why home equity is a bright um, spark in the housing market or why is it is it was the question. And there was a couple of slides here that kind of show um, home equity. This is why I think housing is staying solid. Um, we, we've shown this slide before, um, but look, look at the numbers here, you guys, it's ridiculous. 50, 58.7% of all homes in America have at least 60% equity. 42% of the homes are owned free and clear. That's insane to me. Yeah. And then this kind of shows how much equity based on the ratios of what's there. So there's a lot of people that if, if the world, you know, kind of goes to heck in a handbasket that can just say, yeah, we're not going to play. We're just going to put our house on the sidelines and not do nothing. Mm-hmm. And that'll just make housing even tighter, which. Um, but I, I think Andy too here, what's happening with this, with this chart is also probably the reason that we don't have uh, higher inventory right now. You know, because a lot of people would normally um, maybe get scared during this and yeah, let's move this and, and do what we got to do. And yep. people aren't, uh, I don't think they're afraid that um, the market, as, as far as the real estate market, is going to get tumbled. Yeah. Well, and, and then you, you kind of look at here, homeownership, you know, is going to happen. Right, right. And this is uh, this here, here's homeownership rates. I don't know, many people have really talked about this. Because this is actually a very positive thing. This is the American dream, right? U.S. homeownership or the American dream has risen to its highest point in eight years. Is this true? And I'm already kind of feather betting the answer, but um, look at what's happening, guys. You know, back in the peak when they were saying that, hey, we were at 69.1% ownership, that was right before the big housing crash. We had a lot of the, the owners that were false or fake owners. Um, right now we're at a very good balance. 65%, 64% has kind of been historically the average across, you know, depending on which chart you look at, is a very healthy ownership ratio, which shows there's a lot of people that can and want to own homes owning homes. Okay. Here's what was interesting. What Chris just was talking about. Let me slide our faces out of the way here. Um, homeownership rates amongst um, household, right? The age of the householder and 65 and older. Look at this they barely uh, increased their ownership. They actually stayed pretty flat. Same with the 55 to 65. The best was was down here in the under 35 crowd. This is your younger millennials that are out there cranking it. And, you know, so for real estate agents, you know, designing your ads for a millennial right now is probably a pretty smart move. Um, <clears throat> if I were to, and, and I think this is a lot of people that are entering into the housing industry coming out of college and, you know, hey, do you want to own an apartment? Do you want to rent an apartment? Do you want to buy a house? And those that are buying, um, it increased almost 2%. So it was, you know, pretty pretty interesting stat. I think, too, you also see that this is why uh, rentals are such a high uh, value. I was It was interesting. I got a, a call, two calls uh, yesterday about um, people that were leaving their rentals and they're saying, hey, what do you think? If you know of anyone, let me know kind of thing. And I'm right. like, Hey, one, one's 2,300, another one, they were only asking 1400. And I'm like, you could easily get 2000 for what that property is easily. Oh, for sure. And uh, it was just kind of uh, they're like, Oh, wow. You know, but it is, it, it's, it's rentals are like crazy out of this world. I mean, got another guy that's looking at buying um, uh, a town home, and it's got lakefront on it. Yep. And we're talking about rent and we're saying it's going to be $3,800 to $4,000 to be yeah. able to have a, you know, a three-bedroom uh, townhome on a lake. And hey. they'll grab, people grab that in a second. 
Well, and check this out too, Chris. I mean, think about this. People over 65, 78.7% of those people still owning a property. Mm-hmm. You start getting that, you know, that 70, 80-year-old uh, perspective. These numbers should be down here, right? And this right here, my friends, is the inventory that we're not getting our, our fingers on. It's being held because unless they get the price they want, they're not going to sell because they don't have to sell. It's paid for. That previous side client showed that. So this is kind of the clog, if you will, um, that we normally see where people say, you know what, I'm going to move to a nice, you know, senior rental apartment, um, one level living, easy, you know, lots of fun things to do. I'm retired and, and I don't want to spend all my time here in Minneapolis. I go to Arizona, Florida, Texas, or wherever they like to winter. Um, so they don't need a house to maintain or pay taxes on. And, and that's that usually that phase of, uh, of life is, is, you know, um, kind of what we're, we're normally seeing. So um, at that age, but it's not, they're just holding their properties and they're, um, you know, kind of sticking with it. So being home. I'll tell you what, the props here are amazing. I mean, now you've been writing on these forms like that. I watched the voice the other night and yeah. this produced way better than the voice even was. I mean, that was the most, did you ever, did you see it? I mean, it was horrible. Do not, do not jinx me. I, I will no. screw this up somehow for sure. Just do it again one other time. Why don't we do another one? All right. All right. We got uh, our next, uh, let's see here. Oh, boy. We got your emails? Nope. You do? Oh, those those, those are my, it just popped up on my screen. So, all right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> emails. So is there is there a, a home buyers um, checklist that's out there? And and this was one that we've used for years. Um, the... Uh, the uh, let's see here. So this is home buying checklist and and having a um you know where there's everything from your finances getting in line, getting approved, creating a budget. You know, obviously researching mortgage options, down payments, establishing, maintaining good credit. Um, you know, finding a good real estate agent. Um, you know that one at the top, Andy. Though I mean that get pre-approved. I'm telling you, it's so important just to kind of, I mean, all of this other stuff gets set up based on what you can do on that, you yeah. know, and, and a lot of people wait on that and they're trying to guess on all the other stuff and also just get in with the lender and, and talk about everything and they'll get you pre-approved. They'll tell you as much as, and I always tell them, hey, find out exactly how much you can go to, you know, and I think people are yeah. really surprised now. They have this number in their head. And then all of a sudden, now they see what that number really translates into a payment and right. not like, and they're like, oh my gosh, I can go higher if I want to. And you said it last week uh, when we were going is that sometimes if you can pop into that next uh, little uh, yeah. s- sector of homes, you might, it might be a, 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 a bubble that's not going as good as this lower right. one. So you might have, you know, you might get. A hundred thousand more house, it only costs you thirty thousand more because the lower ones you got to go over, and maybe you yep. find one that's in the range that you can negotiate on. Right. Yeah. No. And I think that you're right, and I think that there's there definitely is pockets of equity that are up there um, that can that can be realized easily in that price range. So you know, but you know, I don't always want to tell everybody to upgrade because not everybody that's not in their their arsenal or that's not in their their agenda. Yeah. Um, but it's just something that I've identified recently, and I know Chris, you and I have talked about it there's money to be made or there's a value to be experienced in, in a move up move. Right the other thing too, Andy, that's that to me, that's kind of a politically correct thing is that, Oh, let's not buy more than you can afford. You know, that's not our decision. 
Our, our job is to give them the options that they make that choice and decide what they want to do. But if you don't give it to them and you're saying, oh, don't buy, you know, you don't want to do that. And, you know, you want to have to be able to drink pop on the weekends and, you know, do this. That's that's up to them, you know. And yeah. I'll tell you what, if you don't do that and all of a sudden you're going to go back in two years and tell them, you know what, uh, they said, oh, geez, it's just too small. And we all grew it. And as an agent, you didn't tell them that, you know, and what they could have done. I mean, that's that's on us. Because now they got to turn around and pay us to get rid of it and then go buy another one. Now, tell you, it's not inexpensive to do that. You have closing costs. You got to pay a realtor to get you out of it. I mean, it costs money in which to do it. Now, I see there's a benefit in it. I mean, been doing it for 29 years and we get that. Right. But I think so, too many times realtors try to tell them how to do their life. And that's wrong. We give them the options. Uh, you know, and they make that's them. an interesting question. Though. I'm not saying you are. No, no, and I know. I, I appreciate I appreciate you clarifying that. Um, yeah. The what I here's what I worry about. I think there's a lot of consumers that have the um, impression that real estate agents have like a devious mind of wanting you to spend more so they can make more commission. Well, you know that extra thirty or forty thousand that that they you know get you to move up in price. Um, the the amount that they make is not worth the headaches that it creates. And, and I would, at least with your honest, you know, above board, legitimate agents, I, I've i never, ever used that as a gauge, you know, the price that they're looking at. I mean, I've had people that are looking at million dollar houses and end up buying one for 400 to fix up and I'm happy for them. You know, it's it's all, everybody's on a different, anyway, everybody's on a different journey. Yeah. Let's, uh, Again, our job is to give them the information for them to make an informed decision. Yeah. Now these are the less sexy questions that I did not have a, uh, a graph for. But uh, here's your first question. This was text into the show or message into the show. So what features in a house will be trendy in the next five years? <laughs> I'll tell you what I, I think is uh, a lasting because I don't think, I mean, what we thought maybe five years ago um, and what is now are probably two different things. But I'm obviously um, technology is only going to yep. get better. But I think technology from a, simplicity standpoint. You know, you go into some of those uh, houses and, and models that have $100,000 worth of technology and that you don't know how to run. I mean, right. you, I mean, it's too hard. And so I think uh, simplicity, but I think there's going to be more of um, the old, you know, you know, when your garage door opens and you can turn on your lights uh, from away. Uh, and I think that's going to get more common. I think that's going to get more affordable because it's not inexpensive right now right. Uh, to be able to do that. But I think you're going to uh, see that. Yeah, I think so too. I think that the technology will be a big part of it. I think you're also going to see um, the trend continue with uh, energy efficiencies. Um, I, I uh, every day with new construction customers um, see that, you know, they, they show the HERS scores on these houses and, you know, the lower the score, it's kind of like a golf score, the better, right? So yeah. these, some of these houses are at a hundred points. And then you go look at a, a new house that's at 60 or 55 and you're like, it's double the energy efficiencies with door air blower tests and whatnot. And there's a million different ways to, to show how much more efficient and tight they are. But on the same breath of air, I think that you're starting to also see some of the more expensive products coming down in price and becoming a little more affordable, you know, like some of the exterior siding products, like, you know, the LPs and the, you know, the hardy boards. Um, it's not, you know, 30 grand to wrap your house anymore. It's, it's 20 or 25, you know, it's not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Totally. I think, you know, when, when we talk about trendy, we're, you know, uh, I think a lot of people are talking about colors and paint and materials and stuff like that. And I'll tell you what, that's hard. Um, I'm, I'll tell you one thing I don't think that's, uh, or I don't think that's going to leave is the um, enameling white, yep. but also mix in the wood with it. Um, I think yeah. you have it completely uh, just one color. I just don't, I, I think it's well, just having a, a mixture of them, I think works really well. So, so one other quick tip I'd give, you know, with remodeling, um, having the big expensive items, I'd say I'd stay kind of, you know, neutral on or a little in between, um, like, like remodeling a kitchen, you know, stay with what is nice, but not too trendy and then get trendy on the things that are cheap to replace. So, you know, light fixtures or maybe a plumbing fixture or a sink or, you know, or something like that that you can down the future take that funky item out that was kind of cool now that in the future is the, Oh my God, I can't believe we installed that. And it's not going to cost you a million bucks to replace it. And then, you know, uh, there was a question here on our Facebook feed that or kind of a comment saying, you know, for people thinking of remodeling um, you know, it, it is, it's important to really remember if you're going to remodel now, you could live there for three to five years and enjoy that fresh remodel. And your house still is remodeled in five years, as long as you take care of it. So I always recommend people remodel, enjoy it um, for a few years, get to reap the benefit of having that investment. And then when you go to sell it, maintaining it and making it look good is uh, is a great strategy. Yeah. Enjoy it for a little while. A lot of, a lot of people, uh, realtors come in and say, hey, you got to do this, this, and this to get the most money. And they do it. And they're like, oh, darn, I wish I would have done that two years ago so I could have enjoyed it. Or, yeah. or I mean, on, we've had it before where people have said, you know what, to be honest with you, this works. Yeah, it's better. We don't want to sell. And it's like, all right, I, I get it. You know, right. Well, no, and that's that's a great point, too, Chris. You know, if, if somebody not necessarily trendy, but if somebody's looking at retrofitting their house, like we were just talking about all these people that are 65 plus that are holding on to their houses yeah. and retrofitting a house to be handicapped accessible, maybe not for today, but maybe for five years down the road, I think is smart. I, I mean, you know, and there's a lot of ways to make um, bathtubs and, you know, bathrooms and, and staircases accessible without, you know, making it look, um, like you've retrofitted your house. You know what I mean? So a lot of cool products out there. I'll tell you the other thing too, is doing cool little things, taking storage spots and kind of repurposing them. Um, I think is, uh, really cool too, from a, a standpoint of just finding a little area where you can, uh, retrofit it. So maybe it's a, a hallway closet and you retrofit it with shelving to be able to handle the vacuum cleaner. And like, it's completely set up for that. And some yep. things that can, you know, you were saying, Hey, this real trendy thing. Sometimes when you do that in some of the lower price ranges and where I would say kind of first and maybe um, second time, kind of lower second time buys yep. that if you do something that's totally different than everyone else, that it might become a real benefit. Whereas in the upper bracket market, that might not be as, as prevalent. If that right. makes sense. Sometimes yep. you you know, you can do a splash and it's like, whoa, that is the coolest thing in the world. I've got a, a person I've been uh, talking to and they had they had their house done by bath crashers. Yep. They had this bathroom done and it was so cool. And they have a, a drinking fountain as part of their... Um, you know, their workout room. And I'll tell you, all the marketing is going to go around that thing. Because sure. it's cool. It is cool. Yeah, that's cool. We had a comment too that uh, somebody said, thank you very much 
for the comment on enameling. They agree with you 100%. It is timeless. And that uh, for the first time ever, Chris Rooney is right on, on our show. <laughs> Did they add that too? <laughs> I can't there see. Maybe a little improving there. I don't, uh, I'm not sure. I, uh, I have to go on Facebook and find this thing. <laughs> All okay. right, here we go. Here's another question. Um, what kind of aroma do you use in an open house? Do you use candles or spray? Boy, that's uh, I mean, a million dollar question. Whatever, whatever it is, you don't overpower people with it. Like that's the first, first impressions are important. And if you, if you sprayed the thing down and it smells really good and the house didn't smell horrible at the beginning, then they're starting to think, well, where, where's the cat smell? You know, they're trying to hide something versus um, just something subtle I would do. And I think candles add a little ambiance more than spray, but maybe spray works in a, uh, like a storage room or something. Yeah, it's just like anything else in life. I mean, you you walk into a restroom at a restaurant or whatever, and there's been somebody in there working hard, and there there's the spray. Well, it smells like somebody's been working hard with spray over the top of it. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't mask it. So what I would say is use that same application when you have something in your house that is a ongoing issue, like you said, cats or maybe uh, you know or previous dogs or whatever that have helped. Or maybe it's your, you know, your, your cooking style. Maybe you like to fry fish or whatever your deal is, right? Um, yeah. How do you get or neutralize that order before you list? I think is really important. I know that when we used to list um, bank-owned properties, the banks used to invest on average about $7,500 on any houses that smelled like cigarettes. Um, that would clean out the vents. We would paint everything down with the, um, the kills paint. They would pull up the carpets and replace the carpets. And that was kind of, that was 2012 probably. So now it's probably 10 grand, but um, it worth every penny. Houses that are smoked wrong, in. Smoke things where it takes it out. One, I mean, that would have been thousands of dollars. The banks, no, it probably cost them thousands of dollars before that. Um, you know, on loss of, because a lot of people go away, whoa, I'm out of here. You know, right. and right. or, hey, I've got to rip all the sheetrock out. I've got to take all the carpet. I've got to take everything out. And so right. you got to take, you got to, take care of that. But I think lastly, too, kind of the aroma um, to me, I, I prefer cleanliness, um, you know, whatever that means. If that's a, you know, a, a, a nice cleaning supply, mild cleaning supply smell, nothing too strong. It just shows that you walked through there, you scrubbed everything up, you, de you know, you sanitized it for everybody. Um, that's something that actually right now I'm getting used to going into houses when you do an, uh, a showing. And, you know, there's usually uh, everything from the they don't say anything to you to the, please put on a mask and gloves as you enter. And um, most of those houses do actually have that aroma that they've been disinfected, which is, I, I think, kind of comforting. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird, but. Well, that we know that, but I don't think you're wrong. So. All right. How, uh, how to best light a house, question mark. Um, best ways to improve lighting in a house. What do you think? I mean, I'll tell you one thing that, that can help. If you're not going to replace fixtures and stuff, you can certainly replace light bulbs and, yeah. um, and push the wattage a little. You know, I always say natural light and uh, help and to help it is a very good thing. So you yeah. keep all the blinds and everything open, but yet you have all the lights off or on and get the wattage up as high as you possibly can without sure. starting fires because, I mean, it it looks good. Now, now there's some rooms that maybe you don't do that in, but in general, you want it as open and bright as you possibly can. Yep. So shades up, 
lights on, um, you know, and, and actually, you know, houses that it, the, the sunset is going a little later now, but man, I'll tell you what, houses look really kind of have a romantic look to them when they have that, you know, the lights are on and the sun setting and the, you know, that's why photographers and, and real estate agents spend a lot of time and energy, effort, money to get those kind of dusk shots because it, it kind of, you know, gives a different view of the house. I mean, I was actually looking at an automotive ad the other day and they had, you could look at the car or the truck um, in the daylight with all the accessories you wanted, or you could look at it at night with all the accessories because they started accentuating the lighting packages on these vehicles and having the, you know, you open up the door and it shoots the logo on the ground from the, you know, the lights or the, they're using LEDs now or whatever. And that's, I think it's a visual stimulation thing, you know, or it's kind of a, you know, wow, that looks cool or that looks nice. That's different. And using lighting to do that, I think is a really affordable way to accent a house and, and update it and make it look cool. Gosh, and I'll tell you the other thing too, is if you can't afford it, sometimes you can afford spray paint to be able to change some of those fixtures. So even outside, if you have, you know, old brass fixtures, but they're still in good shape. I mean, there is good paint that you can turn them black and completely get a different look out there. Sure. You know, so um, we have that. We have Stacy uh, Edwards, who uh, yep. is our, our stager. She does that a ton. You know, they also, uh, when we have like, you know, those recessed lights that turn yellow, the yeah. areas around them turn yellow. Which I was just going to comment on this. Yeah. yeah. You pull those down, you spray paint them, you know, yep. and it, it's fantastic. It totally changes it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a two hour project, getting them all down, spray painting them and putting them all back up and it completely yeah. changes the whole thing. Well, it makes them look like they're brand new fixtures again. And you don't have to retrofit anything or buy the new, you know, sleeves or trim kits. Um, we, we've actually, I had a, a big uh, home up in uh, Ramsey. I listed a couple years ago and it was a big open all, you know, with lots of windows, you get lots of that natural, um, UV rays coming in there unless you have, you know, a filter screens on those or uh, a film on the windows. But this house had every piece of plastic and, or, um, anything that was painted had turned yellow and they just never noticed it over time. Right. And I noticed it right away when I came in and we had a, a painter when they paint the ceilings, they came in and actually painted all the can lights for them. And man, it looked like a brand new house. It was fantastic. And it was, it was very affordable. So, um, uh, you know, I don't know, Andy, if you're finding this too, but, uh, the inspectors more so now than, uh, I've seen in a long time are all calling out the, your fire, uh, your fire and, uh, radon and carbon monoxide detectors. Yep. And it's a big thing. And, that's not a bad thing to be able to switch when you start as well. Just so it's like, you know, they're like, because that's, that's a talking point that the uh, inspector will say, wow, they have all new this, you know, and it gets you thinking from a uh, buyer standpoint that, geez, they're taking care of everything. I mean, this is such a great house and so well taken care of and that and it, it might help. And, uh, yeah. so, and it's not that expensive in which to be able to do, but we got called out, um, just uh, about a month ago, and it, it's happened probably about five times here uh, since last fall that we've gotten that we've had to replace all the uh, the fire detectors and um, sure. you know all of that. They want them hey, all brand hey, new. That, that's, well, the other ones work fine, but they're yeah. like, oh, they're older, you know. Yeah, but for okay, so now let's say you spent a thousand dollars, and that that's a I seem high number. Yeah, it's about right. No, that's high. Oh, yeah. So for that, now you can ensure somebody that you've got the, the newest and latest technology for fire safety. Boom. 
I like that, right? So we have two other questions here that came in on Facebook. Um, large walk-in showers in the master bathroom, could they or will they remain trendy? 100%, I think so. I think, uh, you know, you don't, I don't think you have to have a gymnasium, you know, and, you know, a shower for 10, but uh, at least that you can move around. and yourself, sir. Any size person can kind of go in there. Yeah, I know. We, yeah, I'm not going there. Have you seen that new commercial where they do the, uh, I don't remember if it's Kohler or who it is. And the guy walks into the shower and he grabs a shower head and he starts dancing. <laughs> my wife goes, that's you in the shower. I'm like, yeah, oh my God, I hope not. <laughs> You'd find me on my back laying there not moving. How about just a how about just a walk-in shower without a tub in the master bedroom? So say you've got your normal shower and your normal tub, you take it out and make one big shower. I'll tell you what. So, okay, interesting. This is a topic I, I'm I'm literally, I'm gonna say once a week I have this conversation with somebody. With new and construction. It, like well, with new construction, we do because we have a lot of our, our higher end, you know, two stories um, that have a big walk in tile shower. That's a $9,000 remodeling project all day long just to put in a shower with tile walls, ceiling, couple shower heads um, without even blinking, right? So when we put them in the new houses, people love them and, you know, it's affordable and we do it from scratch. Um, but I always seem to have, that one out of five buyers that asked me, hey, uh, can we put a tub in here too? A soaker tub. They're not putting in bubbles. They're not putting in the jets. They're asking for soaker tubs. And so there are those buyers that do appreciate the tub. Um, I would say if you're remodeling and you're going to take out a tub because it's old or dated, I'd replace it with a soaker. I would not spend the money or the energy or effort to have um, the bubble tub put back in there. Um, at least right now, that's you know kind of what I've been seeing. How about you, Chris? Yeah, I, you know, I'll tell you, I think it depends on price point too and where you're at. I think you start getting up and over um, even eight, nine hundred thousand that you need, you have to have a tub in there. You can't take the chance of, of someone that doesn't not want it, you know, because you don't all, you don't have to use it. And typically in those houses, the shower is bigger anyways, but the, uh, you know, and I'll tell you what, it's, it's crazy, but a lot of people, I mean, like tubs. I, I think I've taken two, maybe two baths in my adult life, you know, we know. <laughs> well, and even less showers. It's crazy, but uh, it's, uh, but you know, but some people like it, you know, my, yeah. my uh, kids love taking baths, you know? Um, so Stacy kind of uh, commented again. She said, if remodeling, remove the tub, replace it with a large shower, you may use the current shower location as a linen cabinet or the bath location as a, uh, a linen. And I don't, I don't disagree with that either. Cause that's a, usually the, the number two thing people are looking for a little more storage place to hide their stuff. Um, so, but I'll tell you, I agree with you, Chris. I think that you do have a price point where people just think that, Hey, at this price, shouldn't I have a tub? Even if they never use it, they just start questioning. Um, but it's interesting that everybody asks that, you know, cause I always say, Hey, put a bigger tub in the kid's bath. And, you know, get a, instead of a 30 inch wide or whatever, go to a 36, you know, they call them like a garden tub or whatever. And yeah. so the two times a year you want to take a tub, go take it in the kid's room or something, you know, but you got to at least have a tub in your house though. Yep. Yeah, okay. Question, question online. Another question. What? Um, do you guys believe uh, you will get your money back by fixing a bad garage apron um, and drop sidewalks before you list your house? I would. 
I think, I mean, again, it depends. I mean, how bad it is. Went over to a house that the guy's had the same crack forever and where it's located, he's probably going to be able to get away with it. You got to just uh, caulk it all in. But if you're walking up to the front step and you're tripping over on your sidewalk, that's uh, not going to work. You know, right. And you've got to have that's, that's one of the first, first things thing. I show when I'm walking up. I'll say, hey, guys, see the separation here or the see the scarring on the front sidewalk where the 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 you know step is here and the sidewalk is sunk and they jacked it back up a couple of times. So I said, this is an ongoing maintenance issue for you with this, you know, maybe clay yard or whatever it is, um, or a lot of houses that when they force a walkout, you guys, I don't know if you've ever thought about this. They So they basically lift the house up out of the ground, right? And, and then they use a lot of retaining walls to hold everything in place. Retaining walls are fantastic. They do their job. But as they start to age, they settle. And the retaining walls sometimes, even built by the best contractors, can have a tendency to come in or eventually they get, you know, where they need to be attention given again. Um, if they put stairs up, I was at a house the other day where they, I'm going to guess there was a $50,000 retaining wall sidewalk um, combination installed on this house. And the top two steps of the house um, where they were retaining wall blocks were loose. And, you know, anything that creaks or squeaks or is loose, I find it when I walk over it. You know, I've got a, a hundred pound customer following me. They don't, they don't notice it. I do. And so it's like, you know, unfortunately. Unfortunately, um, but you, that stopped them right in their tracks. They go, ah, we don't want to take on a project like this. This would be a, a big, that's, expensive one. That's one of those things in your in your realtor resume, right? That you can find every creek in the house. So that's not a bad thing. That's like, what, like it or not, I use it as an advantage. I always call. I go through houses and I call it the Rooney Rule. I got to be able to walk through and not hit anything. Yeah, you know? and, and and put someone next to me and. Yeah. It's, it's, it, you kind of make fun of it, but it's true. It is true yep. that you have to, you don't, you got to look for those things. Absolutely. All right. Let's find the creek in the floor. They sit there and the whole time they're creaking back and forth on it. And well, so, I watch my wife here in the office and, and she walks in and out of the office all the time and doesn't make a sound. I walk over there and you think the thing is, uh, you know, creak, creak, creak. Markets in Minnesota are going up in value. I would say most of them are going up in value. Um, not super fast, but I'll tell you what, um, if let's, if we should hit on just uh, market, I mean. Well, you know, I actually, Chris was uh, the other day talking with uh, Mark Pedig um, with uh, Remax up out of uh, Cross Lake. And he, we were talking, we have a customer, we referred to him and we were talking about the market. He was saying how there's fewer people up there looking, but there's people that want to get out of the urban areas and they're, they're like, you know what, we're going to go to an area, live at the lake now. Um, so it's interesting. He said that the cabin shopping dynamic has really changed recently where it's not just, the, hey, put me up on the lake. It's the, we want to live here now and get away from the city so that we don't, you know, the next time something like this happens, we don't, we're not affected by it. We can live our lives in peace up in the country. And uh, so it was really an interesting conversation. Um, I, and I think a lot of our industries are going to change you guys. I really do. And not necessarily for the bad. It's just, they're just going to be different. I'll tell you what, I think, you know, with this whole uh, lockdown, I think it's changed a lot of people's perspective on a lot of things um, and going different ways with it. You know, I think some people are realizing, my God, I mean, we got to get, this is what we want in a house and why wouldn't we do a gym? And I think there's going to be a lot of slowdown in spending. So like a gym, you know, because they're going to say, well, geez, we'll just, you know, we've, we've done without it here for, you know, two months. 
you know, do we really need that? And that's, well, let's save the money and maybe we'll add on to our house. I see a lot of um, moving and remodeling uh, that's going to happen. Right. Well, for as many damaging things as peer pressure can do, peer pressure can do a lot of good things too. Keeps us all in check, you know, keeps us looking healthy, eating healthy. It's funny how when you're with a group of people and you're at the- uh, Have you ate healthy during this thing? No. No, Um, But you're at the pizza buffet, right? Or you're at the pizza parlor and you come back with a salad when you're with a bunch of people. When you're by yourself, you come back with a plate of pizza with 30 pieces of pizza on it. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I think society is good for us to keep us all in check. Not only, you know, from a business perspective, but health and everything else, it's, it is okay to get out there and, uh, and, and have good influence, positive. Right. So anyway, it reminds me of times we go, if we go out to like a, some fancy dinner or something, I'm like, oh geez, you know, we're going with these people. We yeah. got to stop at McDonald's before we get there. Then I'm not, you know, <laughs> you got your shamrock shake stain on your oh. shirt, you know? Oh yeah. No, I'll just take that little order. That little, the small one, please. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I'll, um, how do you connect with Gen Z um, or younger millennials? So that's your 18, uh, whatever plus crowd. I, you know how I do. And I think it, it works really um, well. I do. TikTok I them, videos. I, I treat them with respect and I talk to them just like I would talk to anyone. And yeah. I think that is, uh, has been a good practice. I think there's, they're not dumb. I don't think they're, um, what they were made out to be, you know, that they're, oh my gosh, they're losers and they don't do anything and they just live off mom and dad. And I, I just don't see that. I, I think yeah. they're, uh, they're so much smarter than we ever were, you know, and they've had so much access to everything. They know how to get the information. Yep. And, uh, but you know, there's, st- there's something about, there's, there's something about have, having done it before and, and living, you know, that you can offer them. And I think they really want that. I think they see that with their podcasts and sure. all that. They want that, like that experience. I, I just last week working with a, a young gentleman comes up and, and wants to build a house, wants to build it on, you know, 10 to 30 acres. And I'm going, well, you know, you're going to get up there in that six, $700,000 range. And I'm guessing this kid, you know, is 24 ish. Wow. He goes, well, my budget's seven fifty, So, you know, uh, whatever you think. Um, and I can pay cash for the lot if we want to. Um, and, and here you're sitting there, a lot of the kids that you know that are in that, you know, window of, of age and whatever have no money. They live in their parents' basement. There's a lot of them that don't. And there's a lot of them that, like you said, Chris, are smart and they're witty and they're, you're, you're not going to hustle them for sure. I mean, they research everything. So that's one of the things I appreciate about younger uh, buyers is that they research everything. When they come to you, they already know who you are, what you're about, and they've read your reviews, um, good and bad. I, you know, I, I always ask people about that too, like reviews. Cause I remember when we started, you know, you could do a review for the pizza place down the street. And I remember how, oh my gosh, that bad review is going to devastate that business or the real estate agent. And now when you talk to younger people, what's cool is they go dad or whatever, you know, I was talking to my son Connor about this and his buddies and they go, yeah, but you understand any idiot can write a review, dad, you know, think about it, good or bad. And so they try to take uh, a survey of the, of the, uh, you know, of the kind of their critiques or whatever, good and bad. And then they form their own opinion based on what they read. But reviews are very important for that generation to connect with them. Um, having testimonials that are authentic. Um, everybody knows when they're fake. So um, I think that's also important too. True. All right. Uh, my friend, you know what this means. Curtain is going to close again. Yeah. 
Oh, it opened again? No, it closed. It's oh, yeah, it's open. Well, you're thanking everybody. All right, buddy. Well, we'll um good show here today. We had um I think a lot of good questions. Anybody that also has questions um that you want us to work on for next week, that's great. Um, I think the collective idea here is we're putting together a little library that we're gonna eventually put out on a podcast. We wanted to build up five, six, ten shows first. And then um, so those of you that are busy and watching us on Facebook Live, thank you. Um, in the future, it'll be a lot easier. You can just hit the podcast and get that downloaded and then uh, listen to it whenever you wish. So um, again, that, that's all I have for this week. And they don't have to look at us. That's the number one feed we get back. <laughs> all right, guys. See ya. Good show. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.